Welcome to the Belts, Bumps, and Barbed Wire podcast. This podcast is presented by DMV Wrestling at DMVProWrestling.com. Hi, this is Jeff Quentin, and I want to welcome you to episode two of Belts, Bumps, and Barbed Wire, the podcast presented by DMV Wrestling at DMVProWrestling.com. Today's guest is the Miasma Zach Ramsey's, and we had a great talk that was recorded on the evening of February 2nd, 2023. Today is February 3rd, and this episode is ahead of the premiere of the Miasma miniseries by Zach Ramsey's that premieres tonight at 7 p.m. Be sure to check it out on YouTube or on his social media. Thank you. I'm joined today by Zach Ramsey's, and we're here talking about his new miniseries, his career in pro wrestling, and some other topics. So first, I just wanted to welcome you, and thank you for coming on the show this week. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I, I greatly appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come here and speak and to uh, reach out to uh, all these people that you are constantly posting to, and you do a great job with uh, all your work on social media. It's the very reason I found you in the first place, because you were touting great independent wrestling. Growing up, what got you into pro wrestling and got you interested in wrestling and who your influences were to go into wrestling? So wrestling kind of was uh, a, a happy coincidence just because of flipping through channels and uh one of my friends getting really into wrestling and so basically you know uh when i was uh i must have been seven or eight you know just going through the, the channels on thursday night i stumbled upon thursday night smackdown and uh that was kind of my first real introduction in a serious capacity to pro wrestling and it, it piqued my interest i liked it uh my parents weren't too keen at the time. Uh, you know, this was uh, the, the tail end of the ruthless aggression era. So, you know, uh, my parents were not wrestling fans. They're not, they, they aren't wrestling fans really. And so uh, they weren't uh, too happy with their six-year-old seeing some of the stuff they were seeing on there, as many parents were, especially coming out of the attitude era. And so they did not let me watch wrestling, but it just wasn't something that they were thrilled about. So I kind of would watch here and there uh, when I could. And then when I was in fifth grade, one of my best friends, he caught the bug and uh, he started watching incessantly. And he was like, hey, you know, I, I know you watch sometimes and, you know, I'm kind of really getting into this. And he kind of brought me in with him. And uh, from there, it, it, I, I caught the, the, the mad cow disease that is pro wrestling uh, and the fandom that came with it. And uh, I, I dove headfirst in with him and uh, that became everything we did and then shortly thereafter became everything I cared about <laughs> and uh, consumed me to the point that here I am now. That's good. And I also was reading a, some information that that I found online about your biography that you didn't send me. And I just wanted to ask you about your educational background and how you think majoring in English literature 
if I got that right, if that how that how that has influenced your your wrestling career and how that has helped you and assisted you as you as you go through your career. So, I I know some people don't like when you say it, and at a certain point, I understand why. But at the end of the day, wrestling is storytelling, and uh, you know, I know some people are like it, it, it's a sport. Don't call it art. And some people say it's an art. Don't call it a sport. I think it's both. You know, I know people also aren't keen on the on the term sports entertainment. It puts a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. But that's the reality of it. That's what it is. It's the ultimate combination of both, and that's why I do love it. And so, to that very point, uh, storytelling is uh, you know an art as old as time itself. I've been doing it since uh, drawing on walls uh, with cavemen, and we're still at it now. And pro wrestling, when done right, is the greatest form of storytelling. And so studying literature and, and uh, the construction and the articulation of the English language as a whole in my time, uh, my undergrad and my, my master's time, uh, I have a great appreciation and understanding for uh, fine storytelling. And again, to me, Wrestling is just uh, the one of, if not the most fascinating medium to share a story through. And it's, uh, it's, I mean, listen, there's a reason that we're sitting here talking about this. And there's a reason that people are listening to this conversation because that we all have been caught in the clutches of a great wrestling story at one point or another that kept us coming back and made us diehard fans. Could you also talk now about your mini series that is this about to premiere and Tell me some of the details of that and what it's about and anything else you want to share about the miniseries. So Miasma the series is uh, a creation of my, my own head here that I have worked on for the last eight to nine months or so. And uh, it, it has come to fruition and will be unleashed upon the masses tomorrow as of this recording, February 3rd. That Friday night, 7 o'clock, we launch episode 1, and it is a five-part miniseries that will be rolling out over the next five weeks, from February 3rd till March 3rd. And my Asma series is just that. It is a series that details the, the story of Zach Ramsey's, but it's not, it's not an origin story. This is not a... And there's no disrespect to those who do it. This is not a video log of Zach on the road or, you know, behind the scenes at shows. That's not what this is. This is... To your initial question, this is storytelling. This is uh, this is cinema, and you know, as much as I love wrestling, I love uh, film. I love uh, I love cinema in general, and so uh, th- this is me combining those two loves, but with a great purpose in the sense that I am trying to flesh out the character and the motives and the details of Zach Ramsey's in a way that I cannot do in the ring and I cannot do on a podcast or whatever the, the situation may be within a traditional wrestling setting. There are certain pieces of it that I cannot properly get out there. This medium of a film broken up into episodes, that is the way for me to tell this story. And so I won't get into too much detail because I want you to check it out, but uh, pretty much, Zach Ramsey's is the miasma, or the miasma, however you want to say it. There's multiple pronunciations. People always ask me, what does that mean? And I have a definition of that, which I give often. And uh, the fact of this show is there's a lot that goes into what the miasma is. And so we define that, but it's more than just a title. It's, it's, it's a role. It's, it's, it's a creed. And there's, and there's a lot that gets tied into that. And uh, I, I, as Zach Ramsey's at the forefront of the series, 
as I work through the philosophy and issues within in a cult organization known as the Grim Guild, which Zach Ramsey is a member of, that is at its basis trying to push the ideals and the, the core values of the Greek god known as Erebus. And so, no, none of uh, the Greek, the Grim Guild is not a real organization. Uh, Erebus is a real Greek god of Greek mythology. But that said, we've created this this uh, this story here based upon those ideas. And it, it spurts us out into a whole bunch of fascinating situations with uh, a fantastic cast and crew at my side to help me produce this and, and shoot this. And uh, it's uh, if that all sounds weird to you, it's supposed to. And that's why I want you to watch. If you, if you watch the trailer right now, it also is vague because I want you to watch. I am not a fan of trailers that, t- that show you every significant scene and every significant moment and every significant character. And if it's a comedy, every single joke, I think that's stupid. Why am I even going to see the movie now? So I want you to come in intrigued. I want you to watch episode one and want more. So that is my, uh, my little uh, dangling of the carrot in front of you. And uh, to me, it's... It's special on a lot of fronts, and it's nothing that I've seen done in independent wrestling. And that's also one of the reasons I'm doing this. The closest comparison I can make is to uh, the Broken Universe stuff that Matt Hardy did during his time in Impact with the Hardy Compound. And, you know, he created his whole cast. And for those who really dove into Matt's YouTube channel, especially when he was jumping from WWE to AEW back in 2020, and he talked about the, the different personas that embodied his vessel and, you know, all these ideas... Granted, his product leaned into comedy more. Uh, mine is dramatic, but that's the closest comparison I can make, and it's really not the same. But to that point, Matt Hardy had, you know, the the platform of WWE, AEW, Impact to put this out there on, and he had his vantage of storytelling here. To me, this is the closest thing I can compare it to, but nothing is like this on independent wrestling. So it's a treat. I promise you that. I will definitely check it out. That's the plan here. Could you talk about some of the influences on your wrestling career now that you have worked with in wrestling and that you trained with and, and who you've enjoyed working with the most? Uh, I've been fortunate to work with a lot of different people in, um, in my time in the wrestling business. Uh, I've been influenced by a lot of people. Uh, one of the names that I always bring up uh, who was influential on me earlier on, and he is not as well known as some of the other people I have worked with, but he deserves credit, and that's why I always bring him up. Uh, if you are familiar with the New York uh, wrestling scene and you're familiar with Long Island specifically, the name Michael Mastretta may be one you know. Uh, he is uh, currently one of the head trainers at the NYWC uh, Training Academy, which was where I tr- was trained at. Uh, that's where I, I started my career. And... Uh, Mike was one of the people who he, uh, he was not the head trainer at that time, but he, he did work heavily with the trainees and, uh, he really took me under his wing and, uh, you know, as someone who, um, was also hungry and still is hungry and is, and is finding his way, uh, in the world of independent wrestling, we, we created the kinship, uh, both in front of, uh, fans in the ring in in factions, uh, but also all behind the scenes in, in our training and in our travels and, and our communication and whatnot. And he's a guy that just really knows uh, this business more than he gets credit for. And fortunately, he is uh, 
the the company is promoting him properly right now, and he's uh, he's the NYWC champion. He is their head trainer there. He's someone if you're if you're in the New York uh, metropolitan area, he's someone that I, I'm sure you've probably crossed paths with. And if you haven't, he's uh, he's a great talent and he's a great mind. And fortunately, someone who I was very lucky to have spent as much time with as I did early on. Because he he was very influential in getting me on my feet and helping me learn the ropes, both metaphorically and literally. Who has been your most fun opponent to work with or your most memorable opponent to work with in the ring? Hmm, good question, good question. Uh, there's a few. One that jumps to mind for me, uh, just especially in the last two years, uh, is a, a fellow by the name of Israel Sharif Fakur. He is a... Pennsylvania mid mid PA uh, native that uh, I've worked with in West Virginia. I've worked with in, in, in Pennsylvania and in that that surrounding area in, on a couple different occasions here. And coming out of the pandemic, you know, a lot of people struggled getting their footing in independent wrestling. Uh, I, I mean, the the business itself struggled uh, staying open in in a lot of capacities. And so for me, uh, as someone who I only started training in 2019. I only got into the business in 2019 coming out of college. Uh, it was, you know, it, it was really my first explosion into the true world of indie wrestling. Um, and in order to kind of find myself in that and to get comfortable, I really needed a, 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 a good opponent that I knew I could consistently work with and have fun create a good story, create good matches and, uh, and could rely on. And fortunately I, I stumbled into, uh, ISP early on there. I, I wrestled him for the first time in June of 2021. Um, we had a match which, uh, you know, the, the story was to put me over strong and without any ego or, uh, or issue, he did that. And he made me look like a million bucks. Uh, we ended up, uh, having, a follow-up match in the fall. He he won the championship at a uh, world domination. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, WDWA. Uh, I'm forgetting the the, the last uh, the, the words for the last couple letters there. But WDWA in West Virginia, he won their their heavyweight title. Uh, we ended up having a rematch in the fall. It was a three-way between the, uh, myself, him, and, and another gentleman. And uh, you know the build to that was tremendous. We had another great match, uh, and then I ended up working with him in another company, uh, All or Nothing Pro Wrestling in uh, Johnstown, Pennsylvania, a little northwest from there. And uh, we, we wrestled again just uh, just recently in October. Uh, and it was uh, my favorite of the three matches. And every time we've familiarized ourselves more, we've grown, and, uh, and we've had just a great time. He's someone that we get the same vibe in the ring as far as physicality and, and pacing goes. And... Uh, you know, we've gotten great reactions every time. And again, he was someone who gave me confidence really getting into this thing on a, on a greater scale. And uh, he's become a friend and someone that I definitely, uh, I appreciate greatly, even though uh, I love kicking his ass. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, he, he, he's definitely an opponent of mine that in the last two years for sure is someone I hold highly. And as you were talking about storytelling, I just wanted to ask a quick question about what you think the good mix of, in-ring action versus out-of-ring promos or other devices for the storytelling? What do you think a good mix of things is to, to accurately tell a story the way you want to? Well, I think that's uh, very dependent upon what the story is. Where, you know, if there's if you're having a match where, you know, you there's 
history behind it. Like again, if for myself and ISP in October, to me it, it would be foolish not to have cut a promo, have him return a promo, and, and you know build off our history. And 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 you know we had, it was a championship match as well, so that plays into it. All those things you definitely want to promote and put out there more. If it's a match with someone you've never met before, never worked before, and there's not really an inherent story, one could argue that you actually need the promo even more because that. Why do I care about this match? On premise, we should always care about the match based upon the idea of this. these are two people or three people or whatever the, the, the gimmick may be. These are people that are here to win. And that, that really should be enough. It's enough in, in, the, in the real world of sports. It should be enough in pro wrestling. But people will look past that sometimes. So if you don't have an inherent story, create one. And I'm a big believer in that where, you know, uh, not to... Well, yes. I mean, this whole pro, this whole podcast is to put myself over. So I'll put myself over. If you look at my social media, which you can follow at Zach Ramsey's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok now, which I'm trying to get into, all that stuff. There's not a week that goes by that I don't have a promo for my match, even if I don't even know directly who's in it, or if that if it's just an ambiguous uh, Zach Ramsey's appearing. I'll always give you a promo because otherwise, uh, why do you care about my match? And if I don't care enough to say something about my match. How can I expect you as the the viewer to? So, so that with that being put aside, though, um, I think that promo and, and exterior work I think is key. I think it's underutilized, especially in independent wrestling. Um, but uh, you know, I think I think you people can really take advantage of the resources we have with social media and YouTube, and uh, you know, uh, a lot of companies have their own YouTube channels and whatnot take advantage of those eyes and that, that accessibility to your fan base and let's create something that we care about. Because again, we keep, you, you always talk about the, the stuff that impacted you as a kid. And most times that's, you know, something you saw on television built up over time. And that should still apply to independent wrestling, even if it's more challenging or not as readily accessible as, you know, the USA network or TNT. And I agree with you about social media, because what I've tried to do on, the DMV wrestling social media account is promote matches, which I'm sure you've seen, but I also try to make comments about matches to try to, to give the wrestlers in those matches a chance to, to talk smack to each other based on what I say on Twitter or other social media. Well, I, I'm sure you, you know, because you were there, but a month ago, you literally did just that in a, a match I had with uh, Tim Springs, the, uh, the Springs, the, the, the Mushmaster in a Dynamite Championship Wrestling in Delaware. You know, I, you, you tweeted about the fact that we were going to be wrestling on January 7th and, you know, I, I said something and you, you made a comment like, uh, I'm sure Springs will have something to say about that. And I responded to you. He responded to my response and bam, we created a story, which I don't even know if you, if you saw my promo for the match, but I literally had screenshots of the tweets that uh, were, that flowed into the screen while I was cutting my promo referencing it. So it's like, Hey, there's stuff going on here. You probably want to follow what we're doing on social media. Cause this is building up here. So to that point, someone like you is invaluable to, uh, to wrestlers like myself where you give a, you give us a platform, but yeah, you, you give us ammo to, to create stories that you know, if you, if you didn't start that up, I mean, I would have cut a promo anyway, but uh, what it would have been on, it could have been on a number of things, but I literally even impacted the setting where we talked about how, you know, the, the, the reoccurring theme in our, our thread there was, you know, uh, he should, you know, 
in, 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 hold your don't hold your breath on this or like you know enjoy your last breath we kept talking about breathing it just kind of organically happened so i went and shot my promo outside and walked through a little park here because i was like i'm taking in the the fresh air outside because i can i have this this is mine whatever the point is your tweeting impacted the story on multiple fronts and that's fantastic and i, I wish that more people did that yeah, i wish people would too and i wish that there could be a, a way to get more people to, to utilize social media and Twitter. I notice when I'm trying to promote matches for events that I write about, that I go through and try to find the Twitter accounts for people. And sometimes I find a Twitter account that hasn't been used in three or four years, or I find two or three Twitter accounts that were used at different times for the same wrestler. And sometimes I, I won't even find a, a Twitter account for a wrestler. And just because I've started when I actually go to events now, I'm trying to make an index card so I can live tweet events and have their Twitter handles ready. Cause I used to do this in a past life when I worked in public affairs in DC, I would have my card ready that had Twitter handles of anybody who might be at the event. So I could talk about them and not have to search for a Twitter handle during the event. So it's, def it's definitely something that I wish that got brought up more and maybe something I could actually get into, since I have the background, and I can maybe get into working with some seminars and, and doing that. So, Yeah, no, that, that you're, you're spot on with all that. I totally agree. And to that point, I mean, listen, I'll be the first to say social media is awful. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's, it's a pain. Uh, there's some wacky people on there, which, you know, I'm not saying anything newsworthy to anyone. I think we all know that. Uh, but you got to wade through that that's that pool of craziness if you're going to be a pro wrestler it's it's part of the game now you can't deny it i mean i have so many friends who are like yeah i'm taking six months off social media because it's too much i'm like listen that, that's probably great but we can't do that and so to your point if you're going to be out there trying to promote your brand you got to have a twitter account so that way people like you can properly find you and, and source you and and keep you in the conversation and again build ourselves up it doesn't make sense not to do that and so it's yeah it's we have so many tools at our disposal that people don't maximize and uh, again teach their own and again i respect the people that are on social media at a certain point because yeah it's a lot but uh but yeah no use it use it because that's that's where eyes are and that's where most people are spending 86 percent of their day they're scrolling through twitter they're scrolling through reels on instagram whatever it may be it's that's where everyone's at and that's part of what i tried to do because not only am i promoting the wrestlers or the wrestling companies i'm getting promoted when they do like you did with your promo or do like other people do where they retweet what i say or they respond to it or they like it and it's a mutual back scratching society so that I help them. They help me. And that's basically what I'm as somebody who's not in the industry, but has been a lifelong fan for probably 40 to 45 years. Now that's something that I'm trying to do as, as a mission for my site and for my social media. And this podcast is to try to push people because that's the one benefit I bring to the table now is being able to help people out and push people out and help people who are trying to build their career, no matter what phase of it they're at so that they can try to have success as much as possible by pushing them on the web and social media and the newsletter and on the podcast. It's a win-win. Yeah, everyone benefits. I, I totally agree. 
And moving on to another question. What is your, these are some more personal questions. What's your favorite food? Mm, That is a good question. Um, if I have to pick one thing, I'm just, I'm going to say, uh, you know, a, a great medium rare, uh, bacon cheeseburger is going to be my go-to if all things are equal. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I am not a picky eater at all. I'll eat damn near anything, which, uh, you know, it, it does not limit my restaurant choices or, uh, what I cook for dinner, which is good. But, uh, as a result, uh, it, it doesn't make, uh, you know, not being 832 pounds easy, but you know, we, we, we work through that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a carnivore, you know, whether it's a burger or a steak or, you know, uh, whatever it may be, if, especially if it's red meat, I'm, I'm going to be in a big meatloaf fan too. So, you know, uh, both the music, musician and, uh, the, the, the food. So, uh, I'll go burger though for here. Yeah. Being, not being a picky eater is definitely helpful when you're on the road. I noticed Yes, I'm not doing anything close to what actual wrestlers do, but earlier in January, I had three weekends in a row where I was at three different wrestling events and one was more local. And then one was in Delaware and one was up in Hamburg, Pennsylvania at AXW. And I just found out that week a a small taste of what being on the road was like and seeing wrestlers after the events, both the, the events that were on the road for me, in convenience stores and at fast food restaurants afterwards and just missing them and just missing them in a couple of places. I understand you gotta, you gotta eat, you gotta drink and you gotta do it fasting and get it over with so you can go to bed basically or get home or however you have to drive. And that's fast, efficient and cheap too. You also don't want to spend a zillion dollars. Exactly. So there's it was a lot. Of I'm not making a, a profit on this right now. So I'm just, it's more of just like I said, pushing people right now. So I definitely got to be cheap about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge. And you know, you kind of in your circles, you end up finding spots at work or, you know, you end up knowing, all right, what's my sheets order? What's my wow order? What's my Royal farms order? Like you can't, you, you condition yourself to know what to get. And, you know, I, I, I also try to, uh, especially on day trips or anything like that, where uh, I can, I'll, I'll pack myself as much food as I can from home to save money, but also to be sure I have healthy enough options, you know, grab granola bars and, and you know, I'm a big raisins guy or, or cashews, you know, grab, grab, a, a you know, uh, one of the packages of those and throw it in my lunchbox there with a, you know, turkey and cheese sandwich. And it's like, all right, at least I'm not buying lunch now. And I know lunch I'm covered. And then, you know, whatever I got to do later at, the, at night, you figure out or, or vice versa, whatever it may be. But it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a challenge that uh, it helps when you got catering. Yeah, I usually have another mouth to feed too because I got into indie wrestling originally to going to events. I'd been to to meet and greet for the Four Horsemen a few years ago at MCW, but then I really hadn't been to, to many events and asked my daughter if she wanted to go. And so we've been going to to indie wrestling events for the past year or so probably about the best 13 months and originally it was just locally at mcw but then we've been expanding the past couple of months and going to a lot of other companies so definitely got a growing 10 year old feed right now too so 
but that's really cool that she wants to come with you. You know, that's uh, I, I'm sure that's a special experience for you. But also, that's great that you know you've uh, you've converted another uh, into the uh, the wacky world of wrestling here. That's uh, that, that's a cool thing, and you know those, those trips. I'm sure that's stuff that you, you you'll get to cherish and enjoy as she grows older. And uh, that's fun. That's fun stuff. It's nice to have a, a companion. She makes signs. Nice. Usually, deriding the heels that she doesn't like, which is usually the Sigma males. Yep, yep. <laughs> I've uh, I've shared the room with uh, with Mister Fuerte before, so. Uh, I can, I can understand. Yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be a guest on this podcast eventually. He promised awesome. me. That'll be a good one. I, I am sure he will give you some uh, good conversation. He will definitely. I know she also really doesn't like Brian Johnson, the Mecca. So really? she's had some signs against him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So she, so she's got her, she's got her picks already. So that, that, that's awesome. She's developed the, the, the fandom. She doesn't like Mr. Spriggs, who you wrestled against either. I don't so. either. No, he's a great guy. But <laughs> I didn't like him that night. She she really likes Moses. I get that. If you ever, and Kakoa. I also get that. <laughs> and Ken Dixon. Okay, so yeah, so I mean, those MCW dudes are awesome. They're, I mean, they're, they're a really talented bunch. So it's, it's a great promotion, um, and especially the guys that train there. That you know, like they get out there, and, and it's uh, it's you can see that what they do at that their training facility it works because they uh, they they produce a great product for sure, uh, both in the ring and as far as the, the talent within it, they they specifically they they, they sharpen and, and train up. And I forget I forgot her least favorite heel. <laughs> Who's that? Miami Mike Walker. Ah, okay. Yep. Listen, it's a guy that knows his gimmick. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. He's a great deal. Yeah, no. So this weekend, for example, I'm taking her to three different events. Ooh. One is a wrestling event, or two are wrestling cards, and one is the wrestling show. The so we're going to MCW Friday night. We're going to. Baltimore Celeb Fest out in Westminster, Maryland, Sunday during the day. And then we're going to to Combat Zone Wrestling CZW that night up in Harvard Grace. Very good. So you got a loaded weekend here. Yeah, definitely. So speaking of wrestling events, when's your next match? I will be wrestling Saturday evening. I will be defending uh, the company I spoke of before, uh, All or Nothing Pro Wrestling. I'll be defending my... AON Pennsylvania Heavyweight Championship against uh, former WCW star T. Rantula in uh, a uh, match where I will squash the uh, the love of the Pittsburgh legend uh, right in front of uh, the locals in that area there. And it'll be a, a great old time. Uh, and another successful title defense for Zach Ramsey's here. It just seems like I've been expanding more in my coverage to try to get more areas because I see the circuit that people are on because I compared it to my first podcast guest to the, to the indie situation as it's becoming now a lot like the territories used to be, except for the fact that it's not a six day a week travel thing. And it's, you can yeah. control your own schedule and your own, and you can control your own pay and how much you want to work where you work every week, like some guys do or work once a month, like some guys do. So I've compared it to that. And I've just, have gotten more into West Virginia and Pennsylvania the more I've been doing that because, for example, WDWA I've been covering, and now I'm going to probably do a, a separate post on 
the event you're wrestling at this weekend. So it's definitely a hotbed between here and there because I noticed I'm in Baltimore and I've noticed that when I first started the site and I was trying to do coverage and add links to my site, it was like every week I found a new independent wrestling company that I'd never heard of before that was local. And, And then by the guys who were working out of state, like the guys who were working a heavy schedule, I found found out about other promotions, and that's how I found out about AXW to go up there to Hamburg because I wanted to see that venue because of the history there. And just to met a lot of people that way, I've done a lot of networking. I ended up getting a upcoming podcast guest who a friend of mine who went to high school, who I went to high school with, has worked with before, is Jared Fritz Fitz, the referee. Oh, okay, okay, small world. He's going to be on an upcoming episode at some point, and as I figure out the schedule, I know this. I think every couple of weeks is probably going to be the optimal schedule for me right now, with everything else that I have going on. So, no, it's 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 a it's a really cool time at this level of indie wrestling where you're right, you know, especially in that mid Atlantic strip. There, there's so much good stuff, and uh, you know, I've been fortunate to uh, stick my nose into quite a few of those in the last uh, year or so. And uh, uh, unfortunately, there's more that I haven't been to that I still want to. And that, that's half the fun to your point where you like the territories, you jump around, you have a run in one place, and then you shift over to another, and then you can come back when, you, when things line up. And it's, it's again, from a storytelling uh, standpoint, it's a lot of fun. And from just a, a, an experiencing different styles and different types of workers, it, it's, it's phenomenal. And, you know, uh, I, I pride myself in trying to get out as much as I can to different places for that very reason, because... Hey, that's the spice of this thing, in my opinion. But also, you know, that's that's how you learn. You know, I'll I'll go from you know Maine to to you know Pittsburgh to uh, North Carolina to uh, Philadelphia and back to Long Island in the course of a few weeks. And to me, that's like this is this is what the dudes did back in the seventies when you know the territories were thriving. And that's uh, the fact that we have that opportunity is fantastic. I know I want to try to, there's some venues I know I want to try to get to and, and the different venues are interesting as well because I know the one thing that I really noticed at Hamburg was the fact that they don't have any barricades or rails. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's, uh, that's a plus and a minus, uh, depending upon the situation where there's some situations where I love not having barricades because it, it kind of feels more, connected with the fans i i, I like that uh but then there's other times where depending upon what type of match i'm having barricades are a great tool if you're rolling around ringside or whatever and it kind of gives you some parameters there that uh you don't have otherwise so it's uh it, it definitely the the location and the setting impacts uh the vibe and and your your options which is uh, yep. kind of fascinating i was making sure my beer on the floor didn't get knocked over in hamburg a couple of times and yeah a guy got no guy. Like I got thrown into the chair that was empty right next to my daughter. Oh. And then picked up well, and thrown into the ring. So and one guy in a tag team match at the beginning, Bob Evans went out and sat down in the chair in the crowd and watched while his partner was was wearing a guy out in the ring. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's knowing your, your situation and maximizing it. You know, he, you guys remembered him, so he did something right. Yep, you got to use all of your environment to, to its advantage. And moving on in personal questions, which 
I've got a couple more. What is your favorite drink? And it can either be alcoholic or non-alcoholic. <sighs> well, if I'm going to say overall, I'm going to say Dr. Pepper. If I'm, if I'm just going to enjoy a nice drink, nothing, nothing beats a Dr. Pepper, you know, uh, whatever that, that old Reba McIntyre commercial was. It's a taste of originality, whatever. Yeah, I, I love it. It's great. Uh, it's definitely my favorite soda. And yeah, if I'm just, if I'm picking anything, I'm probably going that. If I'm going alcoholic, uh, my, my, I'm usually, uh, of late I've been uh, on, uh, on the dark liquor, uh, front more so with, uh, some bourbons and whatnot. I, I spent some time in Nashville over the summer and, uh, definitely, uh, expanded my palate, uh, in regards to, uh, bourbons and whiskeys, but, uh, you know, my, my drink of choice is an elderflower fizz, which, uh, very, uh, miasma of me to, uh, even to name drop, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a gin based, uh, uh, cocktail with, uh, elderflower liqueur and, uh, this and that. And it's, it just, it hits for me every time. Uh, unfortunately, most bars I go to, if I ask for that, uh, I get laughed out or, uh, you have no idea what I'm saying. So, uh, that, that's usually what I have to make on my own. Or if I go to, uh, you know, the blue note in, in Manhattan, I know I'll get it there at least. So <laughs> you got to pick and choose on that one. I'm usually a craft beer guy, but this summer, Early fall, I went to Mount Vernon, George Washington's house outside DC, and picked up a bottle of their rye, which is there pretty hard to get at times and a little expensive. And this uses George Washington's recipe from his distillery and is made there on the premises. So I really have liked it. In fact, when I've been sick this summer, I've used some lemonade and made a hot toddy with it. So. That, that's a nice little uh, story behind it too, which I definitely appreciate. So uh, I'll have to, I'll have to make one uh, in your honor one of these days. Okay. And tell me about your favorite band or musician. Woof. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, the one I, I always say, and I do stand by it is black Sabbath. Uh, black Sabbath is my favorite band of all time, really. Uh, but you know, it's, Music is so fluid to me where there's days where I might have to say Frank Zappa. There's other days where, uh, you know, especially more modern speaking, the band Ghost uh, from Sweden is probably my favorite band going right now. Uh, it's just there's so much fluctuation in my, my music appreciation. Um, but uh, if, I'm, if I'm picking one, I'm going to say Sabbath, you know, uh, and I'm talking all of Sabbath. I'm not one of those people that says only the first four records or only the Ozzy or only Dio. Anything with Tony Iommi. Anything he made under that 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 moniker is minimally good, and more often not great. Uh, you know, the, again, the Aussie stuff goes without saying. Uh, you know, I, I specifically uh, say Master of Reality is probably my favorite of the Aussie era, uh, or the initial Aussie era, I should say. Uh, for Dio, honestly, if you include Heaven and Hell from 2009, uh, when they were the band Heaven and Hell, and they did The Devil You Know, that's probably my favorite Dio record. But if you don't count that, then I'm yeah, the mob rules probably. Uh, but then again, I think born again with Ian Gillen is absolutely tremendous. One of my favorite, probably my top 10 Sabbath albums, maybe top five, honestly. So, so, so good. Uh, the, the Tony Martin era, you know, t- saying it's underrated. It's been overstated uh, to the fact that I don't even know if it's true anymore, but it's underappreciated. Uh, you know, I think you know, eternal idol is great. Tear is probably his best uh, album with them. So great. Uh, and then even, even listen, Seven Star is not bad. I don't care what anyone says. It's different. Yes, it's more poppy, but I don't mind a little poppy. And Tony Iommi could do anything. So it was great. Uh, not, no, it's not great, but it's very good. <laughs> and so I could go on and on. But yeah, Sabbath is uh, is is king. And, uh, you know, 
It's uh, I'll always be able to hang my hat on them with anything. So if you like Frank Zappa, when you get a chance when you're in Baltimore, there's a bust of Frank Zappa. Really? Whereby? In in Baltimore City near the southeast chap the southeast branch of the Baltimore Enoch Pratt Free Library. Oh. And it was placed there by the citizens of Vilnius, Lithuania. It's similar to a bus there. That's so bizarre. <laughs> and he lived in the Baltimore area and in Edgewood up at which is an annex of, of Aberdeen Proving Ground when his father was a civilian scientist there. That's really interesting. I did not know that, but uh, hey, as uh, as the Zappa track goes, what's new in Baltimore? Apparently, it's a bust of Frank Zappa. So now I know that, and you know, I, you know, I've been fortunate to to go down there and wrestle a couple times in the last uh, year or so. But uh, now I know what I'll be doing next time I'm in town. And this is a question I've added to the personal questions section of my questions I asked because of your literature and English background. What's the last book you read? So. Uh, the last book I read was actually, it's not new, but uh, uh, The Prince from Niccolo Machiavelli. Uh, you know, I'm a big, uh, I'm also a history buff, and Machiavelli is, uh, you know, just a fascinating individual. And it's a classic uh, book that I've never actually uh, read in its entirety, and it's not very long. But, you know, uh, you, you hear the, the the term Machiavellian thrown around uh, in regards to the, uh, the, the way certain... Uh, uh, less than reputable people may act sometimes. And so really getting the full scope of uh, his magnum opus after reading it, uh, it, uh, it, it it's an eye opener. And, uh, you know, as far as uh, the persona of Zach Ramsey, he's definitely, uh, definitely adds some, uh, some fire to some of my, uh, my creative decisions here, kind of see how he, he would phrase things and, and how he presented things in regards to his advice to princes and, 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 uh, elites and so it uh definitely a, a useful book for me in my uh my character development in pro wrestling but uh, a fascinating read on, on multiple fronts i agree with you i had to read that when i was in college the first time in one of my very first classes and that's a great book yes. and i used to when I, I was in the military too so i used to always keep a copy yep. of the prince and the art of war on me at all times. Oh, yeah, that's I, I've I've heard uh, similar stories to that before from people in the military, and it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it gives you a little uh, little uh, perspective. That's for sure. Tell us again how people can see you wrestle this weekend. So, uh, if you want to come see Zach Ramsey's this weekend, you got to come out to Johnstown at the Galleria Mall. You can see myself uh, defending the uh, AONPA Championship uh, live and in person there. And uh, if you're not in the Pennsylvania area, uh, I will be actually for the first time in uh, six months or so, I'll be back on Long Island, my home turf here, the next few weekends between Victory Pro Wrestling uh, on February 11th and Remarkable Wrestling on uh, February 24th. I've got a, a stop uh, in Jersey coming up uh, the uh, the weekend of the 25th as well, but I cannot say where yet because it's not announced, so I have to wait on that. But uh, from there, you know, um, fortunately, as to the point of our initial contact, you know, I am in the, the, the Delaware area, the Southeastern PA area, West Virginia, I'm, I'm in that circle often enough. And so, um, if you're a fan of this podcast, you likely are a fan of promotions in that area. So you'll see me sooner rather than later in, uh, in several of those spots. And if you want to see me and, uh, I'm not coming to your area in the foreseeable future. You can tweet at your promoters and let them know, hey, let's bring Zach Ramsey's in. And 
if we can make it work, I'd love to because any place I haven't been, I want to be at some point. I want to work with as many different people in as many different places as I can because that's how you get better. That's how you grow in your connections, in your ability. And, uh, you know, to me, travel traveling is not always to the or early conversation. It's not always easy, but I, I do enjoy seeing the country and, and different parts of the country that I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to for vacation or something like that. So, uh, it, this this wacky business takes you to a lot of cool places, and uh, I'm happy to go along for the ride. So, I had a good trip to Delaware earlier this month, and up to Houston to to the one CW and CCW show, right, and yes. it's my first opportunity to go to Firehouse Wrestling. Oh, really? Okay, it's a, it's it's a nice spot there. I worked there uh, in the fall of 2021. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, they, they have a great product there and so it's a great venue for it. So, uh, definitely good stuff. And it gave me a lot of insight into the locals, seeing the fans there and some of the local wrestlers the next week after the tragedy happened with Jay Briscoe and helped me yes. have some connections to put together the podcast and remembering him with some of the people that had trained with him or worked with him. Yeah, no, a, a tragedy that... He impacted everybody in this business at some level, uh, and obviously the people local to the that area of Delaware uh, definitely felt it. Uh, and so, I think again, the, the one of the biggest positives to your point is the the outpouring of of love and connection that came from that uh, for both the wrestling business, but also for that that area. Uh, it was that's tremendous, and it shows you the power of a man like uh, Jay Briscoe and 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 the power of professional wrestling uh, when when in the hands of somebody who was as uh, excellent as Jay was. And there was no competition in the business after that and how the, the people in the business reacted to it either. So I thought that was great. Absolutely. One more time, tell us all about your miniseries and when, it, when and where it's premiering and any other details on your social media you want to share again. So again, that is my asthma, the series. It is a five part mini series debuting on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, which is entitled the Miasma Citadel, which if you can't remember that, if you type in the Miasma Zach Ramsey's, it's going to come up. The, the, the picture for the channel is my face and it says Miasma on it. So you can't really miss it. Uh, you can check, it will be debuting every Friday at seven o'clock from tomorrow, February 3rd through Friday, March 3rd. Every Friday from, from this point till then, you will have a new episode in this uh, developing story that we will be sharing with you. Uh, it's, I really do think it's a, it's a unique experience uh, and it will make what I do in the ring all the more interesting to you. Once you've watched that, you'll, you'll have a greater appreciation for what I, what I bring to the table when you do see me in person or when you do see me on YouTube or wherever it may be. Uh, it, it's, it's going to impact, uh, my, my, what I do, but also I, I think again, within independent wrestling, I think it's, it's, it's going to be something new and, and, and fresh, which is, uh, important to me as well. So definitely check that out. Uh, seven Eastern Friday night, check it, watch it, share it. Let me know what you think. And, uh, let's build this thing. Let's go somewhere. Let's have some fun with it. If you aren't sure, if you'll remember, or if you don't know, if you'll remember the channel, well, hey, an easy fix is to follow me on social media all across the board. Facebook, The Miasma Zach Ramsey's. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Zach Ramsey's. That's Z-A-K-K-R-A-M-S-E-S. Double K. 
tilts to uh, the legend Zach Wild. But uh, you can check me out on any of those. I am regularly posting about this right now. Uh, you know, it's I, I am making sure everyone and their mother knows that this thing is coming out, and uh, so you will not miss uh, any any updates from me in regard to that if you follow me. So check me out on any of those and beyond my asthma series. Again, I am traveling up and down, left and right, and everywhere I can go in this business. So if you want to see me, you will have your opportunity if you stay up to date. And come check me out because I promise you, seeing Zach Grammys in person is a special experience that will leave you mesmerized. Sounds great. And we'll be posting your mini series to our socials and to our website as well. So I appreciate that. And again, like I said before, I appreciate you and what you do for the independent wrestling scene in your area there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a great service and, uh, you know, again, I, I wish more people took your lead, but even if no one else ever does, you doing it alone is is tremendous, and uh, I personally greatly appreciate it, and uh, I hope that more people continue to follow and see what uh, what good work you're doing because uh, it, it's it's uh, it's great stuff. Thanks a lot, and thanks for being a great guest. My pleasure. It's what I'm here for. Thanks again to the Miasma Zach Ramses for joining us for this episode of Belts, Bumps, and Barbed Wire, presented by DMVProWrestling.com. Be sure to check our site out on social media and the web for the latest in DMV Pro Wrestling news every day. We want to thank our executive producer, Scott English, and invite you to become an executive producer of the show with your own donation to the cause. Also, I want to thank our production assistant, Josie Quentin, and everyone else who listens and assists in this podcast. We'll see you again next time, and have a great weekend.